Okay, um, it is currently 9.41 at night on our last night here in Mozambique. And uh, we just said our goodbyes to everybody and everybody's really weepy. And we're just going to, on this podcast, discuss the whole trip and how it went, some of our highlights, some of our lowlights. And um, this is our first team podcast. And uh, I think this would be kind of cool just because yeah. people are probably tired of hearing me and Brian. And uh, now they get to hear people. Some, some of this is their first far flung trip. Some These of, are the people we're tired of hearing. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, on this particular trip, we did a Wild Ones Youth Conference. Uh, Josh, for those that don't know what that is, uh, give us a little bit about that. It is a youth conference that our church started, Redemption of the Nations Church, about five years ago. Um, and as we walked through that, um, we raised some funds for a water tower here in Gumbani. And uh, last year, you guys came and dedicated that, and it was just an incredible thing to see uh, a couple hundred students rallied together to raise funds to do that but then it was awesome when you guys brought uh, Leah Lunsford and her family down here and um, dedicated that and then you and Brian as the instigators you are said you won't come to Africa and um, throw a wild ones so I would just like to say for the record <clears throat> we did it <laughs> So don't dare us. <laughs> um, you want to say anything about the conference itself? I mean, this is our first time yeah. doing not first first time here, but first time doing the conference. Yeah, um, I think it, it was super impactful last year when we were at Wild Ones and we gave a trip away. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really special um, because that's sending kids into ministry not one day you grow up and then you can do stuff it's saying right now you have value you can do it right now we're going to send you on the mission field and that was remarkable watching leah turn the water on for people who are walking miles and miles to the water tower or or miles and miles here and um so now they have access to water much closer to their home so that was special and then just seeing the progression of ideas and, hey, we need a water tower. Or, hey, well, let's let a youth conference raise the money for it. And what if somebody comes? And then and then seeing the progression yeah. to what happened this week, which was bananas. Um, that's been really neat for Far Flung because it was like, what, 11 years ago, this was just an idea from a college kid, Kyle. And now, well, almost 12 years later, probably close to it, that you have college kids coming, high school kids coming, and being a part of all that stuff. So that's just really, really neat. Um, and this trip has just really been one for the record books. Homestays, colored parties. <laughs> and so, uh, and the team has been fantastic. So I hope it translates on the podcast to be good. I want to hear... From Catherine, if you want to hand the mic down to her, um, what, why you're here, how you got here, besides, you know, flights. Well, there are many stories that I could share. Um, 
But the reason that I started feeling like I needed to come is because Gianna, my daughter, who came with me in this trip, she started feeling a couple of years ago that she was supposed to come. So she began to ask, Mom, when can we go to Africa? Mom, when can we go to Africa? And I kept telling her, we just have to wait for the right time. God will show us. He will provide. But we'll have to wait. And so it was um, not too long ago, maybe a year ago, less, that uh, she came and she got tears in her eyes this time. And she was like, Mom, we really need to go to Africa. And so the same answer, we're going to pray and God will show us. And about 10 minutes later, Kyle called me and he asked me for her to be the voice for a character um, that is a little elephant that represents a little girl here in Africa. And when he asked me that, I was like, okay, Lord, I surrender. Mm -hmm. And I went home and I told her, because I was right in the middle of a store when you called me, mm -hmm. and I just started crying and people were looking at me and I was like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> and uh, I went home and I told her, and since then we have been uh, planning and waiting. And then when we heard Wild Ones is going to Africa, I was just like, okay, check mark. This is it. We are heading to Africa. And after that, it has been a confirmation after confirmation uh, from a trip that my mom took five years, five years ago that I had forgotten about it. And, you know, she has been in this place, in this same village with these same people. And I asked her when she come, when she came, to pray for the heavens here to open for us. And I have forgotten about that prayer. Um, there was a lady in church that prayed for us, and she saw the flag over us. It's just a lot of confirmation. There was no way that we could escape the calling this time. So, yeah. Gianna, uh, every few months you come up to the office and you voice this yes. puppet character. Is it any different now that you've met the real Elena? Um, now I definitely would say that I have an emotional connection with her and just like building a relationship with her. Like even though we can't communicate very well, just knowing that like she's like real, like just knowing her and like building a friendship and a relationship with her, it's definitely changed my perspective and like this is a real person. Like I don't know, just it's very special to me and I think it's just amazing knowing that I get to do that. I it was chosen to do that. It just makes me feel very grateful for that. Awesome. Okay, so I think it's really strange for me to hear her voice. I was thinking after, like I've only known this elephant as a puppet. And so now the puppet became a it's person happened for to me. Several times on this trip. Okay, I saw that and I go, I see the puppet like moving because I associate your voice with that puppet solely. Um Speaking of like forming relationships, Jordan, tell me about any relationships that you formed this week. <laughs> Wait I mean, a second. Why are we why are we giggling? <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, you said tell them about any Yeah, any friendships. I made plenty of friendships. <laughs> Friends, oh, this trip has been great. No, but I really, me and Callie both um, kind of came to this knowing it's going to be a youth conference, but obviously there's like the language barrier, right? So you're kind of like, oh no, like I, you know, I'll, I'll meet people, but they're not going to come become like real friends. And uh, throughout the week, um, we met some people. 
One of them speaks English. Um, he's a pretty cool guy named Sam. And then we also met Lena and Malusha, their sisters. And um, throughout the week, I don't know, just something like we gravitated towards them. And they were very loving, very fun, very much like us. They reminded us of our friends at home. And um, we actually got to go to Lena's house, which was really cool. Um, she kind of invited us over, me and Callie and Sam and Lena all went around the village and got to sell bananas with her, which she does all the time. Um, and we kind of got to see like what real Goombani is like. You know, the village is like really like, life, yeah, know? the true like, life. It just felt like she was just one of our friends and we just were coming to her house and just yeah. hanging out. I actually felt like just a teenager in Goombani. It was so weird because yeah. I've never experienced that connection with people before like I feel like I know them my whole life maybe it's just because they're kind of similar in age maybe it's because they have like the same vibe and um know how to have fun with us and things but um I don't know it's just a really special experience um getting to um see all that yeah Jacob do you have a record with the <laughs> <laughs> You tell as much as you want. I think you should tell the whole team. The whole team. I do not have a record yet. <laughs> um, so we we took the uh, uh, what is this, youth? We took the the young adults. We took the young adults and um, Celia and Sabini and some of the others to um, this restaurant, and then. Um, they decided that we were gonna go to the beach. So we drove about 30 minutes to an hour to the beach. And uh, however long it was, it felt like the longest time ever in that, in that <laughs> truck. I that have no idea. Yeah, we were riding in the um, the water truck, which is, you know, uh, open flatbed truck. It was, uh, it was, it a was lot a lot of fun, but it was very windy. <laughs> Um, it was something else. Uh, we actually got whistled at, and supposedly that whistle meant that we were cows or something. <laughs> because they were looking at me. Grosso. <laughs> yes, grosso. So we went to the beach, and um, we just walked around. But uh, when we were leaving the beach, I asked Kyle and Celia if there was a place that I could use the restroom real fast. And they were like, well, we need to save time. We have to get back. So Celia tells me to go with some of the other guys over to the, um, over to the rock. So I walk over there in like some bushes or something. And I went and peed behind this rock <laughs> with people that live in Gambani. And then I'm walking back to the truck and this officer grabs me and pulls me aside. And he, I don't speak any Portuguese or anything else other than English. So I was very confused of what was going on. Uh, but supposedly you're not supposed to pee on the beach. <laughs> so um, they were they were very close to arresting me, and uh, somehow Celia talked him out of it. But yeah, so I almost have a record in uh, what would it be Mozambique for peeing behind a rock on the beach. Um, so a year ago, Brandy, we were here. And Celia was talking to you about one day having chickens to feed kids because the kids can only really eat chicken like once a year at Christmas. And you and Karen come running up like, we got to build a chicken coop. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay, what? 
How tell you wants a chicken coop? So I'm thinking like, okay, it's like a dog house. Like, okay, we'll build a little wooden thing oh and then have a few chickens. And um, and I didn't know that she was gonna have a like a factory for 600 chickens. Uh, but you and Carolyn, you like, you guys just made it happen. Like, you did the fun. Farflung didn't pay for it. We did some videos, and we pushed it, and we sold the shirts that you guys came up with. And then now kids in the feeding project have chicken weekly. And so um, I know you wouldn't have said all these things. So I'm setting that up. But uh, what was that like getting here, one, seeing the chicken coop, seeing the chicks, chickens, and then also eating chicken all week and watching the multitudes fed all week from an idea you came up with? So it was Celia's idea. It was my idea. It wasn't the originator. So, and also I thought it was going to be like a doghouse also. In my mind's eye, I saw like a, you know, like a chicken coop, like four chickens and like eggs and, you know, I think. I had no idea that the Lord had just given Celia this download for this entire property and that this self-sustaining chicken coop was part of that. Would um, you have still suggested it? Um... If you knew it was a 600 chicken concrete block <laughs> mansion? I mean, I would like to say yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Like, that's like a big, that's like a big, you know, thing, thing to commit to and see through for it to actually happen. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'd like to say yes, but, you know, that's a big, that's a, what happened was much bigger than what any of us, I think, had anticipated. Um, but yeah, it happened. And so now there's chicken and, uh, there was like a lot of kids that got to eat the chicken and we got to eat the chicken all week. And, uh, so that was really pretty cool, but they, they actually have it like it's here, you know, in one year. I mean, it was basically halfway built by the time we left last time because she just jumped right on it and was ready to go. Um, but yeah, to see that, um, to see that was like mind blowing, like, don't discount those small little moments that you might just pass over normally. Just be paying attention and look what God does with something that, you know, seems so small. You know, so. What's it like to leave Kumbani a second time? Gut-wrenching. <laughs> it's really hard to leave the second time. Um, and really hard to leave the first time, but knowing, knowing the people now, like we're friends on Facebook, we you know, comment on each other's pictures already and then to come and spend time in their homes and have them teach you how to cook and give all the hugs. And it's just, um, it's like you're leaving part of your family here, you know. And even though there's so many miles separating us, like it doesn't feel far, you know, in your heart. It just feels like you just can't see them every day or what because they're so much a part of who I am. Even from just two years coming here, twenty days, you know, um, they really just become a, a part of who you are. So, I'm very grateful for that. Ashley, uh, you came uh, in 2019, and then Brian came by himself in 2021, and then mm -hmm. you guys are both here with Memphis, first time in Africa. What's the, what's the difference? Um, one coming without you know 
your spouse and then yeah. now bringing your child. Well, it's a huge difference. When I came by myself, it was it was a great trip. We had so much fun, so many things we did. But it's like having the three, all three of us together. It feels so complete, and it's not like I'm constantly saying, "Oh, Brian would love this. Oh, Memphis should be here. This or that." It's like, and then watching Brian react to things and seeing the relationships he made the year he came, and then now watching Memphis just thrive in this environment. He just absolutely fit in as soon as he got here and he has said this feels like home this is the best trip I've ever been on it's going to be so hard to leave he was he had brought a skateboard and him and the boys he was teaching them how to skate and now he's like I've got to leave this skateboard for him so they can practice and then I'll bring another one back next time next year and he's already promised I'll be here next year so I was like Okay, mark that down. You made a promise, dude. We've got to be here now. Um, I have just, I don't know, that just, when you get to bring your family to a place you love and you pour it into, that's huge. There's people that say, like, well, will they fully really get it? Yeah, Memphis is 10. And so I really think he'll fully get it he brought a journal he's been writing things down he wants to remember taking pictures of things he wants to remember I think he really gets it and then to say I want to come back to have a kid say this was that good mm-hmm. you know that's big and even if they don't fully get it it's well, yeah I mean I, I think there's an there's an impact that's happening to five and six and seven year old kids here mm-hmm. on kids day mm-hmm. they remember you when you come back so if the five and six and seven year old kids are being impacted here mm-hmm. by a trip then it makes sense that if we brought one of our kids who's five six yeah. seven eight years old they would be impacted as well um mm-hmm. i i think sometimes it's harder for parents to bring kids and there's been a couple times like on the trip that actually will look at me with like the sheer panic of where is Memphis? Like, you know, like like a vulture came and snatched him up out of the courtyard during the color party or something well, like well, that. Well, let's just say he, like, as soon as we, um, as soon as we landed here, it is just like he was gone. Like, I just got to see everything. Kids are everywhere. This is my dream. And I couldn't find him. He would be who knows where. If I couldn't see Memphis, I would look for Zeke. Because, like, they they were, like, buddied up a lot. And uh, the whole team, like, just was, like, you know, um, great and stuff. Or Sam. Sam and um, Memphis. Sam's one of the guys around here. So, but, yeah, I would say you know your kids. Mm -hmm. You know what they can handle with flights and difficulty sleeping and those things. You know your kids. And so you can kind of judge. But if somebody's listening to a podcast and they've got – you know, like a five, six, eight-year-old, whatever. I mean, I say do it and find out later that they didn't remember. <laughs> Opposed to not doing it and then never knowing. Wonder if that would have impacted their life. I don't know. We'll see. Because we'll never know. <laughs> you know, now I guess you can ask him too. Like, you know, what's his thought? Was was Gumbani, was this trip what you, you expected? It was far more better than I thought it was going to be. What what makes you come back next year? 
Um, every day. <laughs> what do you think you'll think about the most when you get home? I don't know. Maybe the safari or playing with all the kids. But the wild ones um, After party? thing was After really party. cool. <laughs> I talked about getting starstruck when a camera's on me, so <laughs> you're talking about the like afterglow thing we did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you dance? Yeah. Who danced the most that night? Andrew danced a lot. Clearly the question was not who danced the best. Right. Oh, oh, that's not Andrew. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came to dance and Andrew had a lot of it. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Quantity versus quality. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was just the sheer amount. He was kung fu man. Tell you what. Zeke, this, it's so funny. Zeke's been a part of Flung since 2017. And internet, like as far as missions trips... Um, because you do a lot of stuff for the stateside. The only trip you've been on multiple times is the, the Arctic. Arctic. So your only reference yeah. to the, our trips is like negative fifty degree weather. Yeah, yeah, it is. This was this was much needed. In fact, I think after the Arctic trip, I was like, "Good grief, Kyle! Can you please take me to somewhere warm?" And then I figure out that there, <laughs> this is winter here. <laughs> so I was like, "Can I please? Can I please go somewhere actually warm?" Uh, yeah, this was absolutely just it far exceeded my expectations because you watch things on uh our videos and you see the podcast and the uh short clips and photos on instagram and all that kind of stuff and you don't have a full picture of the place until you get here and when i got here um my mind was just i mean it was blown i i i could not like at the end of this i'm just like just crazy in love with Kumbani and the people here and um, I just didn't I did not know that was going to happen like I knew I was going to come here and I was like Whitney I'm going to love this it's going to be something that I absolutely love and now I'm just like if I'm not here every year it's going to it's going to wreck me now what Ashley was saying about having having everyone here like that would be fantastic because I, I remember like this whole week I was like gosh Whitney would love this or gosh Whitney would be in a corner crying or uh, in a good way in a good way <laughs> like emotional uh, spiritual crying um, and I, I kept saying that over and over again so I'm going to get her here next year um, but I'm just I'm absolutely so in love with it and I'm you know I love the Arctic but I'm absolutely glad this is a little bit warmer uh, it would have been terrible uh, to have this sand but also negative 50 degree weather would have been awful. I have a follow up for you, but Brandy, <laughs> notorious for this. Is she ruining another moment? Another yeah. public moment? Uh, you made it so close. Do you have a question? Should we start some more? Someone while they're talking. <laughs> what are you laughing it's at? Not ever my fault. I'm provoked. It's not okay. ever my fault. I, I can't. I can't look at people while they're laughing because it just makes me happy and I just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess when they're worshiping too. Jonathan, it's like no matter which way yeah. I work, I'm getting laughing it. Like, when you interrupted worship last year. <laughs> he was not laughing. He was not laughing. <laughs> he wasn't laughing for days after that. <laughs> oh my gosh! You made it so close. Literally, we're going to bed in like 20 minutes, 
And I, and I was waiting for the whole trip for you to interrupt someone by laughing. I'm so sorry. And you had to do it I at the end. I don't mean any disrespect. I'm <laughs> Zeke's like, this is so impactful to me. He's like, I'm just so glad to be taken seriously. And then you just start laughing. I'm so happy to be needed. She's at the... We're going to show up, all of us, all of us raptured up, and then the Lord's going to be like, okay, go ahead, you all can start singing, and she's going to go, okay, just give me, I need one second. Hold on a second. Just wait, before anything else. What do I need to bring? I have a question. At least the summit's laughed here, that's all. Zeke just kind of really jumped full force into Far Flung, and so we go home tomorrow, and we're home for four days. And then he jumps on the next trip to Ecuador. Yeah. And yeah. then you're home for like a week and a half. And then you jump on a scout trip, f- scout film excited. trip to the Philippines. That, yeah. Whoa. How, yes. How much details have I given you? You've given me nothing about the Philippines uh, other than, uh, now I've, I've asked other people about Ecuador. I'm like, okay, what's this? What's this? What's this? What, what can I expect? Because I'm very, very detail oriented, uh, <laughs> which is just, a, you know, I'm That's just laying, laying that down daily with far flung. Uh, but, <laughs> but, okay, so I've asked some other people about Ecuador, but then I, I, I can only ask you about the Philippines uh, and you don't no much i don't think about it so i'm just like oh. ask me ask me a series of questions right now and i will give you the answer if i have them am and i allowed, leave in am like I allowed to wear shorts i don't know where will i sleep i don't know um will i need a lot of sunscreen likely is it a rainy? Not clear. Ask again. Not clear. Ask again. Are you an eight ball? Um, do we need visas? Do we need visas? Kyle, do we need visas? I don't think so. I mean, none no, of us are going if we no. need visas. Okay, we don't need uh, visas. I, I think that's all I have right now. I will have several dozen there's more. a shocking amount of things i'm supposed to know things starting july 14th wow. <laughs> what's today the july 12th oh, okay okay we leave in august night okay okay so I'm, I don't I'm know, I, 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 I that don't one will actually be right now that'll be at, summer at, as this podcast is being recorded i don't know if we're going to be on remote islands or on mountaintops so so the clothing could change exponentially. The thing is, we boats. could be yeah. on boats, you so I could be, need to bring all of it. Yeah, you might need. So we could be on boats the entire time. You could, yeah. We might be on boats and, and like tropical islands, or we could be like in jungle mountains. Okay, great. We're gonna really I'm, love I'm that Kamek gear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take lots of pictures, Let's Mr. Kamek. Mr. and Mrs. Kamek. Take a moment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm super. I'm super excited about that though. Uh, nervous, but it's the part of adventure that I've been, you know, wanting to, you know, been itching to get a hold of. And you've agreed to <laughs> go to the street market with me and eat grilled squid. No. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the same street market that gave you and Gary. Uh, oh, what? food poisoning. Yeah, food poisoning. That, that I'll be going the, to. I'll be praying over. I'll be praying over all the squid before. I that consume. was in the Amazon. Okay, so we're good. Philippines probably fine. Uh, so, oh, yeah, I'll probably. eat that. I'll eat, I mean, listen, I'm vegan 
90% of the time. Says the man who got... Exactly. Yeah, this can is, we talk about that real quick? Yeah, okay, listen, listen. Josh, all the wait, food, I just... I want to interject I love, Listen, here. I my, love animals. My, wait, no, no. Okay. My, my man, Zeke, is a true vegan... Um, by practice in the States. Yes. And so he knows we're coming here. And then he tells me, he's like, I've had my first practice meal. I said, <laughs> what the heck's a, a practice meal? But before I, go any further, before I go any further, could you let the listeners know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a week. Okay. So I know I can't, I can't like stick to real harsh, uh, eating patterns of any kind if I'm going to go other places and I know that so I do it most of the time because I'm like okay I love animals I don't want to like I don't know if I'm not going to kill it I'm not going <laughs> to eat it kind of stuff like that and health I don't know I'm just trying they to be nice that. trying to be good thank you the animals I think appreciate it so um, okay but so last week I I went to Chick-fil-A got me a spicy chicken sandwich I'm like you if this doesn't go well next so, week is definitely not going to go well <laughs> so he, he, he has his practice meal which yeah. is very safe yeah it's I mean, safe <laughs> a spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich. And then he gets here and like it is there's like three things that you know you're gonna count on. There's gonna be rice, there's gonna be I love rice. Uh, rice oh, incredible rice. It's good to go. Yeah. Every meal has been incredible. Um there's been um some sort of protein, like a yep. beef or chicken. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, the mandioca or there's the local, yeah. you know, chips and fries or and every every plate, Zeke has meat on it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not about to offend yeah. nobody. And, and I mean, when I'm, it comes I'm, to food. I think this is super amazing until we go. We go to this restaurant in the safari. It. First I overdid off, it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have the words to tell you yeah. how incredible that meal was. But yeah, it was my great. man Zeke the vegan. He, he sits down and he says, there's I a, split it. I split it. Wait, I know, okay, but okay. there's a game down your meal for two. And I'm going, you you do know that that is meat it's he's all like, meat not just meat it yeah. is all it is meat. literally a charcuterie board yeah, it was of steak it was, and it was sausage. meat board yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. meat board and this yeah. is his Zeke, idea Zeke and the vegan he, he says to the waiter i'll have the meat board <laughs> yeah meat board. and he yeah. destroyed i've I, you know i've been zeke's been for a long time i'm proud of him he <laughs> He killed that thing. I mean, what did you have on? We had blue wildebeest. It was me and Andrew. Okay. So we were like, we were going to split this because the price was great. Okay. $30 for things I'm not going to get to eat, you know, stateside. So we had blue wildebeest. We had Blessbach, which was my absolute favorite. Uh, it was a tiny antelope. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for your service. It's a tiny and one. then, and then we had. Impala, which I don't really care. There's thousands of those. Uh, still, I care. I care enough. I care enough. I care enough. But they ruined some of my uh, safari experience because there were thousands of them, and we were just looking for the cheetahs. Um, so we, were, yeah. So okay. So we had all of those, and I was like, they were very good, very good. They were steak. I mean, like huge portions of steak, and all went well until. <laughs> this until is what this is where it. I was hoping we would until, go. <laughs> until this it didn't. It. Until it didn't. Like it got to the point. I will. I will spare all of the details. But it, it got to the point where Andrew was at our yurt hut thing, and he was in the bathroom. And I said, <laughs> it got. It got to that point, and he was brushing his teeth. He was getting ready for bed. And I. He was I, I got. I got back to the. I got back to the yurt, 
And then sweat started beating up on my head. <laughs> and I went, I went, oh God. The meat sweats. I said, Jesus. I was, I was, I was around, I was pacing the room going, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And then I, like, I try not to interfere with a lot of people and try to, you know, I try not to be uh, like in the way, but Andrew was in there and I said, Hey, Andrew, uh, I'm just wondering, I was like, how much longer are you going to be? And I had my eyes closed and I was like fidgeting out there. And I was like, how much longer are you going to be? And he was like, I just brushed my teeth. And I went over to the mirror and I said, you can do this. And I looked at myself and I was like, I was like audibly, audibly, out loud. I looked, at myself, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you can do this. I was like, you can hold it for about three more minutes. I was sweating. I was sweating. Uh, and I, I will spare the rest. I made it, and Andrew got out of the bathroom, and we were good to go. But it uh, at one point you came to our room, and then you were leaving, and you're like, "Hold on, I have to sit down in case I don't make it to the bathroom." I was like, "You're gonna go use ours?" And you're like, "No, no, no, no. I just need to rest my muscles." I, I think I just went. If I stand up, if I stand up or move too much, it's going to, you know, agitate I, agitate the abdomen. So I think I the world. I think the world wants to know Zeke. When you get back to the States, yeah, 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 yeah. will you continue your vegan lifestyle? I, or, I, okay, for okay. the sake of the mission call, oh my gosh. will you break <laughs> Okay, probably until vow? Probably until the end of August, I will not be a I, vegan because I'll be on all the trips. And I'm not going to like you heard it here, everybody. for four <laughs> days in between now and everyone. I'm not going to be able to take you seriously <laughs> next time you bring your non-dairy mac and cheese and you tell everybody, sorry, I'm a vegan. And I'm like, I just see you like, like, I see you up that antelope. <laughs> you saw me rip apart. At one and, point I had the steak in, on a fork and I was ripping it out of my mouth. And I And then I look at it and I go, man, this was an animal about a day I ago. I can't get over the practice meal. Like the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich practice meal. Like swimming the kiddie pool prepares you to yeah. go across the English <laughs> Channel goes or something. Chick-fil-A to Maybach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my man I mean, don't play. It, it worked. It worked. No sickness until, you know, about 50 ounces of steak. And then I was like, this might I might have overdone it. <laughs> but look, okay, wait. Speaking of your room, after we left your room, oh, yeah. what happened? Please tell everyone. Um... Oh yeah. I'm sitting there and then the door quickly opens back up and you're like, um, can you come outside? Can you come outside? <laughs> and our room like is like 30 feet, 50 feet away from the, the compound yeah. fence and there's a river and then just the wild. And he's like, there is something moving outside this fence. This is me. This is me. I need you to come look. So I immediately like Zeke's afraid to go to his, hut because of what's out there i'm running out without shoes on and a flashlight to see what it could be and i'm running out there like stepping on briars and stuff i'm like what do we got and so i'm shining the light and and i'll i'll I'll, uh cue the audio clip in post (laughs) okay because i'm like i see his eyes okay i was just just for whoever's about to listen to this audio clip i was very very nervous that it was a ja- uh, not jaguar uh, leopard and it was a could, that could easily but scale this a, but just in his defense that just as we were pulling in our driver casually says oh yes it, just a couple of nights ago someone was attacked outside of the gates by a leopard i was yeah. like could you could you say yes. that real slow Jer- jerry say that again real slow and yeah you gonna so, queue it up I mean, right rightful, now rightfully yeah. so this i was gonna cute in post but hysteria we, we, we listen. okay
So I start looking over the fence, and then we can see the eyes, and I'm getting excited, and Zeke is. Oh, I see eyes. Do you see those eyes? Look, look, look. You see it? I'm terrified. What kind of eyes are they? <laughs> what kind of eyes are they? <laughs> Did you see it? No, but it's making me nervous. <laughs> We hear something. Okay, so Kyle and Josh got a yurt. Oh my gosh. Right outside. Like just me and you. Only me and you. The rest of the team didn't get one. Oh anyway, so he continues to go, I am sweating. <laughs> I am. I was sweating. I Anyways, was sweating. So we get we get close to the fence and it runs away. And, and it, it's big enough that all the the grass bends. Like, the grass bends around it. It we're almost positive it was a hyena. Yeah. So we ask uh, we asked Tabby what it was and she was like, oh, hyenas go around that uh, vicinity all the time. So we were looking face to face to a hyena uh, about thirty feet away. Those are hyena eyes. Yeah, they were hyena eyes, and I'm I'm glad I didn't know that because I, the the quickness in which I would have ran. How nervous were you? Because you sounded like very. I mean, I was nervous. Alive. I was because I was like, if this, I was like, okay, great. If it's a hippo, like I'll at least be able to get inside, maybe. But I was like, if this is a, I don't know why. I don't know why Hippos that was my kill thought. More humans. I know, I know, but I mean, just the fact. I, I don't know. In my mind, I was like, I can do this. I can do this. It was okay. It was beyond like a chain link fence. That's what this was. It wasn't a wooden fence. It was a chain link fence that in the morning I went, oh, there was nothing in between us. Chain link fence. And there was like, if it, it could have easily scaled that. So hyena, well, I'm not scared that that will scale it, but I was like, if this is a leopard, that thing can jump 10 feet and it will be on us before I can get away. And I don't want to push you in front of it, but I probably will. Right. <laughs> but I want to hear the sounds. What a, what a turn of a what a turn of events where the person who doesn't want to eat animals because he has conviction is now being eaten by an animal. It's because it's because they knew they knew. Feasted on everything hyenas eat, and then thirty minutes later, a hyena is going to eat you. Yeah, that's what it is. I deserved it, honestly. You're like, this is why I'm vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I usually don't eat this. He said, please, I have to poop so bad. I can't run in this condition. I can't run. (laughs) Sweating already. Uh, Josh, leaving here. uh, What do you? What are you feeling? Leaving Goomba. I know you're going to come back, but. Oh, yeah. Are you leaving the way you figured you'd leave? Um, I think I am far more invested than I thought I would be. Um, what I mean by that, first and foremost, I just want to give honor where honors due. Just. <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Is he sweating? Is he sweating? Did he have the Maybach? <laughs> this the side meat of the board. table is very confused. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably doesn't even pick up on the mic, but my chair made a really weird noise, and I, we just couldn't let it go. 
Um, I, did, I just think, um, first and foremost, to give <laughs> to give honor to um, Pastor Celia and Mama and yes. Pastor Sabini. They, I mean, they just put on an absolutely incredible um, conference for the young people. <laughs> and here goes Brandy. <laughs> he said, Um, just they they just worked so hard together and and put on an incredible gathering. Really, um, you guys challenged, hey, bring it here, and then really they just did all of the incredible work. If I'm just being honest, they they them and their team and the students, um, it was just done in excellence and so much care and so much love, and you see their heart for young people. Um, and I think first and foremost, that that's what was the first thing I noticed was that they were so sincere about making this the greatest conference that could ever be for these uh, amazing students in this area. And that just just was such an, an important thing that I think kind of set this whole week up and their team and the students and the whole village. Um, they just, it, you know, there's a difference to going to like somebody's house that you know you're going to stay at, that you don't really know, and it's like all of that like fear and worry. But there's another thing where it's like you just stay at like close friends and family. It's just like you, we have this incredible place to rest and a lot of sweet people surrounding us. And um, really, it was just life changing. It was life altering. Um, they have such a deep love, and for people that I think are probably used to having people come and go, they love as if you're staying forever and to know how deep that love is uh, it would be easy to be like oh they're coming you know there'll be another team some other day but like they'd love you like you're the only one that's ever been here before and it just made you feel like the most important person um and just their love the language barrier it, it was funny because i was super intimidated at first um <clears throat> but then it was like you were saying things with your heart that you didn't have words for that communicated. And I remember when we took um, their their team out to lunch and the you could feel the tension when they when we got in the back of that water truck that Jacob was talking about. But after lunch and then after Jacob's um, unfortunate event on the beach. <laughs> <clears throat> something happened where we all spoke the same language. And I think it was just like kingdom language. It was like, we don't speak um, Kachanga. Oh my gosh. I mean, Shangana. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Portuguese, uh, whatever, English. Um, we, we, we speak a, a different language that I believe that our hearts knit together by Jesus. And so it was like you saw community unfold and it was powerful. 
like to see our students, which I just am so proud of our students and the team that came. Um, I love all of them very much to see how they interacted in that their, their hearts also spoke that same language. And so you leave, you leave transformed. Um, I mean, <clears throat> the, the level of intentionality and, and excellence with the services and the events and the fun stuff that we did. But I mean, you just left feeling full. Like your, your heart's running over. It's just been under this well of love and, and, and appreciation. And um, I'm definitely leaving and, and coming back. And I just think that this is a cool little plug for any youth pastors that might be listening. Um, you can't afford not to bring your students on a far-flung trip as a youth pastor. Um, I think a lot of times we we don't understand that. And, and Andrew and I, and just one of my leaders, we were talking about what would it be like if we said every ninth grade class goes on a mission trip together? Just the ninth grade class. And that's 10, 15, 20, however. That that is their initiation into high school ministry is we're going far flung somewhere. And I just believe that the bonds that would be made, the adventure that you have, and you, Kyle, you just don't know how to do anything without adventure. And I just love that. You, you, Brian said it so well after we got done with the conference. He says, man, the conference is over, but there's still a whole lot of room for far flung. And that is just a testament to who you guys are as your, as your leadership, as that it, every moment matters out here. And so for the youth pastor that's listening, the student that wants to be involved in missions, listen, talk to your youth pastor, talk to your parents. You you can't afford not to go on these trips, not because of how the, the change that we bring. Of course, we bring change, but just the change that happens. It's like this relational equity that is exchanged from America to wherever you visit and you see life differently. And I, I see it in Callie's eyes right now. I see it in Jacob. I see it in Jordan. I see it in G and, you know, I'm just like, they just look different. And um, it's like they've been in the presence of the Lord and family and I don't know if I'm allowed to do shameless plugs like that, but I just felt like I should. Um, you can't afford not to sign your group up and come out here and experience what we've experienced. It's just life changing, life changing. I think the mistake that I think the mistake that some people make at times when you're signing up for a trip um, is if I can't take everybody, I'm not going to take anybody. Yeah. You miss that. I'm thinking it was last year. It was Brandy and Delena. And Trevor still hasn't been yet, but it was Brandy and Delana. And it was Delana getting a gift of a chicken given to her at a home visit that started off the conversations about chickens and about all that stuff. I thought of animals coming in the room. <laughs> um, we think Is we can't, going back take, out there? <laughs> I can't take everybody, so I'm not going to take anybody. And somebody's thinking, well, I can't afford to take my whole family. Well, I'm going to take one of my kids this year. I'm going to yeah. take somebody else next year. Yeah. I'm going to take four seniors or freshmen. I can't take everybody. I'm going to take four, and then I'm going to let those four impact 
the 30 that I have back home. Yeah. Um, I think the, yeah. the the best person to answer this is maybe Callie. Um, Callie is getting ready to. She's a, a high school senior graduate, getting ready to go into um, just the next season of her life and the college phase. Like, what do you gain from this trip, Callie? Like, you came out here. I mean, really, there's a lot of unfortunate things that happened but it was like a perfect setup no yeah i mean i i wasn't even expecting to go on this trip like um i had a trip planned with my school where we were supposed to go to europe um and i was set to go on that i mean i i worked my tail off you know just earning money and i was so excited for it and then you know covid hit and it it got canceled and got moved back and then just you know stuff happened and I wasn't able to go and I was I was really upset you know disappointed and then um I heard PJ uh, mention Africa like hey does anybody want to go and so I was like oh wow like I mean I have the money like I don't know this kind of seems exciting and then I found out like some of my friends like Jordan were going and I was like dang like this sounds like awesome like I think I think this is um what God has for me I was like maybe he use that bad situation and turn it for good. And I was like, I, I really feel peace about this. So I was like, I'm gonna do it. And man, ever since I, you know, I made that decision, it's 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 been it's been life changing. Like it's it's been an amazing experience and I've met so many amazing people and just seeing like the life here and um it's really like opened up my eyes to see um my life through like a different lens and through a different perspective and it's 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 just been awesome. It's been amazing. I, I want you to talk to a ninth grader, uh, a high school senior. Like, what do you tell them? You're their peer. Like, yeah. What do you want to say to them? Um, I'll probably just say. I mean, it it may seem like scary, you know, like unfamiliar, like territory, like wow, like a a whole nother country, like you know, what is this? But I say, just do it, you know? It's so easy to, to think about all the factors and think about the money. You're like, oh, I don't have the money or, uh, oh, I, you know, I can't come find family. I mean, I'm here by myself. Like, my family's not even with me. And, and just so many factors you can think about. But I say, just do it, yeah. you know? I, in my heart, I just was feeling that, like, you know, wherever he goes, I'll follow, you know, I was just, I, I, I just really felt that on my heart with the Lord. Like, I just wanted to go wherever he went. If he's in Africa, I'll go. And like, I, I didn't care who went with me. I mean, yeah, it's been nice, like having, you know, all my friends here and some good, a good, good group of people. But um, yeah, I just say, just go, you know, like, yeah, that's it. That's we, talk about, we talk about things that can't translate on a film. Mm. I asked Kyle this while we were walking in Agualanga. And I was like, what can we not tell on film? Which it's, it's, you know, when you have Steven here, who's phenomenal, there's very little you can't tell on film. You can't feel the sand under your feet. You can't smell the fire from them cooking right outside our door in the morning. There's some of those things you can't really. There is a depth to... And I think it came out of this conference, these kind of two phrases. One is, is me paraphrasing a Joshism. Um, fun doesn't need a translator. Right? It just doesn't. Joy. You could say joy. Joy doesn't need a translator. 
And when we when I watch all these kids playing with hundreds of of these kids from Maputo, from the villages, and they're just all playing. Nobody speaks. You know, a lot of people are not speaking the same language or the leaders don't speak the same language as the people they're leading. But fun didn't need a translator. No. Fun doesn't need a translator. You can see that on the film. You can see it. There is a depth to the experience of that when you're not watching people have a fun, when you're having the yeah. fun. Yeah. Fun doesn't need a translator. One of the girls on the recent Thailand trip, plug for the Thailand trip if you want to sign up for that one. She said this. She said, you know, love doesn't need a translator either. She made that same. Love doesn't need a translator. And when I watch Josh preach about the thief in Gumbani, about the value that people have, when Andrew preached about the guys on the road to Emmaus, when, when I heard the testimonies of Catherine, when I got an opportunity to preach, people shared, you saw that kids filling the altar. It, it was the same life transformation we saw in Wild Ones in Chattanooga. Absolutely. It was the exact same Absolutely. life transformation because love doesn't need a translator. Joy and fun doesn't need a translator, right? Mm. Um, and you can't get that at the same depth through the films. Yeah. You can see it, but there's something, and that's why we don't only do films. And we recognize there, there are givers, there are big givers who are paying for churches and clinics and paying for stuff who won't be able to go. And that's okay. We don't shame anybody. But for those who, who have the itch, oh, man, you know. Yeah. It's just different. There's a smell to that chicken coop that you can't get <laughs> yeah. other places, right? I mean, yeah. and you, you're seeing that too. What was it like for you guys, you know, leading wild ones and the preaching and stuff that was... Yeah, yeah I, I, let's hear from Andrew on that. Uh, Andrew is uh, a leader that's been with me for several years now in Chattanooga, and he came, and I asked him to, to preach. I just believe in him so much. Andrew, like, could you answer that question? Yeah, just kind of yeah, from a communication, kind of from aspect, communication like, aspect, like, you know, I've not preached, like, a crazy amount of times, but, you know, I've been able to speak some at our youth group and even at Bible study some. Um, but... For me personally, as someone who does want to communicate for a living um, and eventually, you know, be a youth pastor, it was incredibly stretching to be in an environment where it's like there is that language barrier. And, you know, there's so many different cultural differences that it's just it was a very big adjustment. Um, So personally, for me, like this trip has been very stretching. um, But even looking like I didn't really I wasn't here for the first wild ones, but I've over the years had the opportunity to kind of join in and lead teams and kind of come up with different aspects and elements of it. And I remember at Wild Ones in chat when we were kind of talking about this after party idea. And it was like last year we had this crazy moment at the end of service. It went for what, like two hours after service ended? Oh yeah. Like yeah. people were up here doing the conga line. Like it was nuts. Um, it was like, it was like two hours after service. And we were like, we love that students like had that time in the altar where they, you know, they had that spiritual transformation. But like at the end of service, they hung out. And they like partied. And so just kind of seeing and experiencing that last year in 2021, uh, I think it was, right? Um, and kind of talking to Josh, like we wanted to do something like that and add that element to the conference. And I remember, uh, shameless plug for Hype Crew, you're the best team. Um, but like meeting up with a couple people and kind of talking about like what an after party would look like. Like the glow party, that was like, that was an idea that we didn't really think of. Like it was like, yeah, it was, it'd be cool. 
and like we didn't really think it was anything major, but coming here and, and seeing that it was this like once in a lifetime experience for some of these students, it's like, yo, that was an idea that we kind of engineered. It was just it was just crazy to see, you know, it translate different yeah. different content. And I'll and I'll say this. Um, the glow party in Gubani oh was like I'm gonna be honest with you, as a youth pastor, uh for fifteen very long years. Um, <laughs> you see just excellence and you see just, I mean, Sabani really just put so much of her heart in yeah. it. And yet, yeah, we, I mean, we, we brought, we brought the, the, the glow sticks, right. But she had the vision. Mm-hmm. And when you saw her get the, the stuffed, to make the, the dream come true, it was like watching a part of her unlock. Yeah. And to see it. And I want to let all the youth pastors know you need to watch the 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 video from this this it, it is gold. It was done at such a level that just makes student ministry what it is. And I'm just man, it was fantastic. <clears throat> isn't, it, isn't it wild to see them like operate at that level and not have running water wow like yeah. i mean we in this guest house we do but like you did all that on a generator there's something to like people refusing to be told they can't yeah <clears throat> That's a- which is there is a strength in gumbani you kids that we yeah. went and stayed at their homes and they're walking outside and killing duck. Catherine killed duck. <laughs> yeah, can we at like uh, maybe later honor her? <laughs> that, you know, but like, there's a strength here of people who who aren't like aren't just willing to say, "Oh, we can't do that." These kids are in Gumbani. They don't need all of this. We're not going to do all that. Um, and just went for it and yeah. crushed. And Celia's message to those kids. Oh. Was with the white shirts on and the dark and the black lights and saying we were meant to shine in the dark, we're meant to shine in the night. Like, man, I was losing it. Yeah, it, it was just I don't know. There are things that you watch happen, and you know only God can orchestrate. Yeah, this. and one of the things that she said was, we said, you know, what will they think? Um, and she responded. She said, "They won't know what to think. They've never seen anything like this before." And what a humbling first statement that her and the team here wanted to give something that no one has ever seen before. And the thing that blessed my heart the most was Sunday morning after the conference was over and looking at the teenagers and the kids still wearing the glow glasses yeah. that were no longer glow. I'm talking about you want to weep is that you just look at the appreciation for what was a memory that this thing was shining just a few hours ago, but it still has value even when it's lost its glow. And I was just Humbled. They were still wearing them tonight. Yeah, they were. It's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday night? Yes. Yeah, they were still wearing them. Yeah. Um, 
they they're in the process of building this new church and they're getting ready. The next phase is like while they're, we were here, they put up the steel structure. Next is the roof, and oh. we're, we've Celia's got some people that are going to donate. We'll probably donate. Like we'll collect the money. It's been a big project. I don't know how much this church is going to be by the end of it. Um, I, I think so far there's uh, there's over thirty thousand into it, and so the roof is about fifteen thousand more. And so, you know, the, the funds are going to get here, but Sally has always preached to her, her people, like, we don't just have our hands out and receive. Like, you have something to give. If it's money, you know, great. If it's not, then you can bless people with your prayers. You can you have something to give. She's always empowering them. And so they've been preparing for this offering um, today or from Sunday. Uh, they've been preparing for like a month. And... It was called the, they just, everything's fun here. They, yeah. they call it the slap the table. Slap the table. And essentially, uh, 50 Medikai is what people usually give in an offering here. And it's a, it's equivalent of 80 cents. And she has asked everybody to give, um, <laughs> Dina asked a question, Brandon. I don't know where you're I sound like a duck. <laughs> Did you think that was better than a sneeze? Now everybody at home's like, why was there a duck? <laughs> Everybody's prepared to give quack. One <laughs> <laughs> duck. What? She's just trying to figure, slap that table with a duck. Quack. So. So she, she encouraged everybody to give 500 Medikai, which is the equivalent of one duck. <laughs> it's the equivalent of uh, about $8. And... I mean, it was a big, big deal. I was talking to a lot of my friends, and they were just like, "Oh my, like eight dollars, like five hundred Medicaid, five And it was just, it was humbling. Like I, I didn't know like whether to celebrate or weep, right? Because I'm watching all of them. I know what it means. I know they don't make much, and they're giving a big sacrifice today. But they wanted to be able to play a part in this roof build, and they're just going up there and just slapping the table. If they gave five hundred, they get to slap the table. And the rest, you know, got to place it on the table. And the kids were giving, and oh, the young were those the rules. Yeah. Oh like, my oh, god! I'll slap it no matter what. I I do no, if you rules. get five hundred, you get to cents. slap the table. Yeah. So they ended up raising a, a ton for their church, the highest offering they've ever raised yeah. on a, a single Sunday, and it was just beautiful. And they celebrated, and it yeah. cost them something. And they were proud, yeah. and they were competitive, and they were just like they, it was just this huge moment and just an earmark moment for them. And I was so glad we got to witness it. And I was just yeah. so emotional yeah. because I'm sitting here. Part of me is like, just let me go fundraise it. Let me, let me just go find them. And then part, you know, because I know it was a sacrifice. But then I'm like, no, like the Lord wants them to do this. The Lord's going to bless them, yeah. and they're going to feel ownership of their yeah. church. And so it's good. Even to tonight, like it's our last night and it's Tuesday night is when they have their service. Um, 
before before um, Mama dismissed, she goes, "I just want to honor somebody who who they didn't have it to give on Sunday morning, but she just longed to give it so much." And a lady in their church gave her their their offering, the five hundred uh, Medici offering, and. Um, she, you know, Celia slapped the the pulpit for her. And um, just to think that, man, you took that ownership home for two days and you said, I'm going to give, even though I missed that moment, I'm not going to miss the moment. Mm -hmm. And just to, to know that that is the type of people that they have, you can now understand why there's so much blessing and favor here. Their kids walk the streets safely. Like there's such a love, there's such a depth, there's such a a community. Like I I, I shared with them, and I, I hope they really knew that I meant it. Like the the sense of family and community that you just you walk the sand, like Brian was talking about, and you feel that, and then you just watch. The, the, we have this phrase that we say all the time loosely, right? It takes a village to raise a child. But I watched a village raise children this week. Um, and, and I would love that maybe we unpack the home visit some because that was something new. But we got to see this amazing family love on her own community. And, and people were coming over and bringing spices. And she they would just give them to her. And then there was somebody that came that needed water jugs. And she gave them water jugs. And... When we showed up, this is what, I mean, she raked the the sand in a way that it looked like we vacuum our carpet, you know, like the little triangles and the, oh, we're so proud and detailed. Like there was like a, a quarter of an acre where you could see just the love in the sand. Like, I don't know if Steve was on the camera, but like you just felt the actual love coming from anything and you sit there and you go god these people are not normal they are special and it's like that love translates two days later and says i didn't have it then but i have it now and i'm not going to miss this moment like god may i be like that may i may i bring that two days later may i rake you know show love and honor in such a I don't know, man. We always say, if you ever need sugar, you know, come get it. Like, it's just a part of life. You're going to have neighbors at your door. And I just think that, man, I want to take that home. I want to I want to love my family better and say, guys, we're going to love our neighbors. And we're going to do things and show our love and gratitude and appreciation for everyone. And I'm just like, sorry, that was a massive tangent. But, like, man, it just spoke so much. You saw so much genuine care and so much. I've never, um, and I don't mean this as an insult, I've never been at a place with less, but ever felt so much more. I think it's a mistake to think, to, to say that because they have so little, they're so grateful. Yeah. Well, these kids have never seen anything like this before. So they're because they're like their lack does not is not what authors their gratitude. Right, right. So it's good. It's not like 
They're not grateful because they have little, because I've been to some countries where people had little and they were still ungrateful. Wow. And you can hear stories of you go into villages or places and they're like, give me your shoes. And then you, like you do, and they're not grateful. Gratitude does not come by how much or how little. N- neither does generosity. Yeah. Right? Their generosity is not measured by if they have a lot or have a little. Because we saw crazy generosity. Crazy. There wasn't anybody here that didn't go to a homestay where they did not generously give to you. Oh, my goodness. Food and gifts and their bed that they sleep on while they slept on the floors. What the amount that they own, their net worth does not determine their gratitude or their generosity. Come on. And so that's like a huge mistake to to think, man, well, they're so grateful because they never get all this stuff. Those kids are not grateful because it's because there is a culture of gratitude. God is doing something in the sands in Gumbani. Yeah where there is this gratitude. And that's one of the reasons Far Flung loves to partner and jump in here. We're not inserting vision. We're partnering with vision. Mm. That's just not our role. But man, how much generosity have you experienced since you've been here? With people who have so little. And then how many stingy people do you know at home? So many. Name them. We <laughs> <laughs> try to say name, name them. Right now, the podcast <laughs> just went two. viral. Part two for all the names. <laughs> Part two for all the names. Oh. Use the microphone. So I think like something that I've picked up on was just a spirit of honor. There's such a spirit of honor, um, not just for us that are here, but for each other. Yeah. Like... I know I don't speak Portuguese. I've I have yet to hear a person be upset or impatient or ugly to another person here. Everyone speaks so kindly and so softly and so gently to each other. I mean, no matter what's going on. Um, and when you talk about generosity, like we went to look at the um, Orpa, we went to look at her garden and she was telling me about the, the different plants that she has and she got to mandioca and that's a word I understood. And so I was like, Oh yeah, mandioca. Oh, that's so good. You know, rub my stomach. And she pulls the mandioca out of the ground. She <laughs> harvested her whole mandioca tree for me and like takes it inside, washes it and immediately starts putting it on the stove. We had just eaten <laughs> like the whole mandioca crop just because I said, I liked it. It was incredible. I'll never forget that. Like, how long does it take to grow mandioca? I would like to know because, like, that's it's like an investment, you know. Before we end this podcast, the official far flung wild ones 2022 podcast episode, anybody want to say anything they have to put on the mic to the listener? Next year for the home visits, uh, if you stay with Fernando. Bring <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the most comfortable pair of shoes you yes. have. Right, Jacob? Oh, yes. Please. Yeah. Please do. Eight miles. Eight miles they walked in one day. Eight uh, miles. They got the- <laughs> Eight miles in everybody. one day. We, we met they people did. in Maputo. We, we met, met, all, <laughs> we met all of his siblings. All, all of them. In one day. Didn't you go to a warehouse? Yes, no. windows work. <laughs> they had the okay. So Jacob and Andrew had the longest walk, and 
which we thought was going to be that was going to be it. That was going to be it. But then after they took the longest walk to their to their host home, uh, then he took them on the longest walk of I guess eternity, uh, and just took them <laughs> took them everywhere. And he was showing off. He was showing them off his guests, which is just awesome. Uh, but they walked eight miles on that first day, and it wasn't even a full day. No, right? it was like six hours. If we would have had the whole day with him, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. I, like, you would have seen me on the road, like passed out. And a mile here is a, like I, it is through sand. Think, uh, think, My think, walking a mile on the beach, like on the part of the beach that's hard to walk in. That's well, and then walk eight miles on that. Yes, eight times. Just because Andrew is preaching on the road to Emmaus, just next time maybe preach like Jesus goes from you know Judea to Jerusalem, or maybe. Be like, I think you're right. Yeah, like that. Then, yeah. Jesus was all about. There we go. Jesus takes a nap on. Anyone else? Anything they want to say? I don't think so. Final thoughts. Final words. I think Memphis might have something. Those that are just listening to the audio version of this, Memphis fell asleep about. Which is the theme of the week, honestly. I've seen him, his neck, just his mouth wide open about 17 times. I do, again, just want to stress for any of the the churches or youth pastors um, out there, please just, just go on one trip. Please, I am, I am begging you, I will give you your first dollar towards your trip. Like, seriously, I will cash app you right now. If you will sign up, I'll give you one dollar. Uh, cash tag Brian Lindsay. I will I mean, just say, so you know, um, but seriously, I, I think, <laughs> I, I think that, um, I think that if you're on the fence and maybe you've just been listening, trying to get to know these guys, or maybe you've just been checking them out, or you came to Wild Ones, or, or you've just been uh, just seeing them in different places, sign them up. Sign up your kids. Even if it's only five that come, it'll change their lives, and it will change you. And I promise you, you will take more home than you ever brought. You you'll take more home to the kids that couldn't come than than what was brought with those that did come. And, and I'm telling you, please check this thing out. Um, partner with Far Flung, jump in on a trip, and um, just watch what God will do. Seriously. Well, that's it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope and pray that you have been blessed. We are passionate about missions and we love to tell stories about all the adventure that is going on around the world when we travel. But most of all, we love to tell the stories about what the Lord is doing around the world. We believe that we are all called to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go into the world and make disciples At Far Flung, we say, everyone goes. Some go by giving, some go by serving, and some go by going, but everyone goes. So our prayer and our desire is that you have been challenged and encouraged so that you can also jump in on these adventures with us. There is so much need around the world, and there are so many people that are waiting for someone just to come tell them about the hope and love of Jesus Christ. If you're sitting there going, I want to be a part of this, You can go to our social media pages or you can go to our website, 
farflungtincan.com. There you will find our latest trips and all the latest info on what's going on here at Farflung. We also ask that you would consider partnering with us. We can't do it without people like you who say, we may not be able to go, but we want to go by giving. And so if that's you, go to farflungtincan.com and click on the giving link and partner with us so that we can continue to go to the far-flung corners of the earth. Once again, we hope and pray that this episode has been a blessing. Don't forget to like and subscribe our channel, share it with your friends, and be looking out for the latest episode. See you soon.